on World Lutheran News Digest. This is World Lutheran News Digest, an audio news magazine bringing you a look at significant events in worldwide Lutheranism. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO, a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. I'm World Lutheran News Digest host Kip Allen. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod is holding the 67th regular convention in Tampa, Florida. Delegates include laity and ministers. One theme heard many times is just how precious and unusual is the concept of religious freedom around the world. In some places, professing the gospel of Jesus Christ can be punished by imprisonment or even death. One person familiar with both oppression and freedom is the Reverend Nabil Noir. He was born and raised a Palestinian Roman Catholic. He was able to immigrate to the United States, where he became both a citizen and a Lutheran. He now serves as vice president of the Great Plains region of the LCMS. Pastor Noah tells the story of the blessing of religious freedom so many of us take for granted in the United States on today's World Lutheran News Digest. Delegates to the convention considered resolutions yesterday dealing with matters of particular importance in today's world. Once again, the Synod firmly condemned racism, as it has in each of the past triennial conventions dating back to 1956. The resolution, introduced by the Reverend Terry Fort, clearly labels racism as a sin. It further states that racism is a denial of the biblical truth of the commonality of all people, and is contrary to the law of love. The resolution encourages all members to work to eradicate the sin of racism and to pray for those who advocate such beliefs to be brought to repentance. The resolution passed unanimously. The convention also addressed the topic of immigration. The Reverend Fork said this resolution was timely and important because, in his words, there's so much confusion and concern. Our people want to love their neighbor, but they also want to be obedient to the laws of the land. Many delegates sought to strengthen the wording of the resolution to help ensure freedom of conscience for the members of their churches to care for any and all of their neighbors in need. Senate President, the Reverend Dr. Matthew Harrison, reminded the assembly that we live in two kingdoms. He said, in his words, I may have views on the left-hand kingdom or civil authority that are very strong one way or the other. In the right-hand kingdom, the kingdom of the church, I have Jesus' mandate of the Good Samaritan. My neighbor's need is my vocation to mercy. He urged members to set aside their political views and consider their Christian vocation to serve their neighbor as they considered the resolution. The resolution passed with nearly 90% of the vote. Sexual orientation and gender identity were also topics of yet another resolution. The resolution, which passed with nearly 98% of the vote, reaffirms the biblical truth of there being only two sexes, male and female. It also condemned what it calls acts of abuse by those who experience sexual orientation or gender identity issues, while praising those who suffer from those issues but lead a chaste life in repentance. It calls for church entities to counsel those suffering from gender dysphoria and asks that the Concordia Publishing House, seminaries, Concordia University System develop resources to aid the church to minister to those in need. Today's agenda includes greetings from the Lutheran Women's Missionary League, Lutheran Hour Ministries, and the LCMS Foundation. 
Other items include recognition of 125 years of missionary efforts in Africa, commemoration of the faithful departed, and more committee reports. Tomorrow is the convention's final day with adjournment at noon. World Liquor News Digest will be back right after these messages. Hi, I'm Pastor Ted Lesh, pastor at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran Church in North St. Louis County, inviting you to listen to our KFUO radio worship broadcasts on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. Active worship, preaching, music, and singing are part of every one of our services at Chapel. Join us Sunday nights at 6. It's one more broadcast worship opportunity for you from your friends at Chapel of the Cross and KFUO Radio. Listening to Worldwide KFUO on the go with your smartphone doesn't mean you have to walk around with earbuds all day. You can Bluetooth across the room to a speaker system in your home or listen on radios that have built-in smartphone cradles. There are many easy ways to listen to WorldwideKFUO.org on the air, online, and on demand. We proclaim the clear gospel message of Christ crucified for our sins. The messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. This is World Lutheran News Digest. Idiloh Lutheran Warta Paribadiahunu. I'm KFUO's Kip Allen. I'm at the 67th Convention of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod in Tampa, Florida. I have with me a very intriguing guest, a gentleman I have known for a number of years, who I find is a very inspirational person, Mr. Nabil Noor, I believe. I, I may have slaughtered your name. Uh, I don't believe so, Kip. My name is Nabil Noor. You did very well. Okay. Uh, it's an honor and privilege and a great blessing for me to be on this uh, wonderful station that's been going on for many, 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 many years. and pray that it will continue to go on for many years. Well, you've been selected again to be the vice president for the uh, Great Plains region, I believe. That is correct. Uh, this is my third term. I was just re-elected uh, yesterday. And I want to thank the Lord and His church for uh, seeing a sinner who will be willing to serve among them and point them to the only thing that's worth living for, and that is Jesus Christ, Him crucified and risen again. Well, Bill, you had an intriguing journey in your life. You started life as a Palestinian Christian, and now you are a pastor in North Dakota. Uh, one minor correction. Everything that you said is correct, except I'm in South Dakota and uh, been a pastor there for uh, 25 years, actually. Served one congregation for over uh, 21 years. And then now I'm on my second uh, call. I've been there now for uh, next month will be four years. Uh, four, yeah, that is correct. Four years. Now, you spoke last night at the uh, dinner honoring the uh, Ministry of the Armed Forces. And you gave an intriguing talk about what life was like for you there and what life is like for you here. And I was thinking that the freedom of the church and the freedom of the country are so intricately linked, as you so eloquently put it. 
and I was hoping that you could expound on that a little bit. You've experienced both sides of the coin. I have. I, as a Palestinian, of course, you know, I grew up in the difficult time shortly after the country became a state. I was born in 1955, only seven years after the birth of the State of Israel. And during that time, there were many, many issues and many, many wars. And I grew up in the, exactly during the six-day wars where I have, where I have, um, experience, preparation for the war and all of those things. So we were really um, constantly put in, under suspicion. And so it was not uncommon for us as, um, uh, excuse me, as a Palestinians to be pulled over, uh, asked for my identification cards or something like that. And so in this country, you have the great freedom. And what bothers me most than anything else, Kip, is that so many Americans take this freedom for granted. And, you know, I see what happens at football games where they burn the flag or don't stand in honor, and they have no concept that it isn't like this everywhere else. We have freedom here that we truly ought to thank God for every moment we live in this country. I mean, we have the practice of going into the church where you can pray without having someone shooting at you. You don't have to have a fear of someone who is um, actually going to kill you or blow the church up. Here you have the great privilege of walking in and praising God without any fear or hesitation. And secondly, I can go from one place to the next without any difficulties or any hardships. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, early on uh, in Armour, South Dakota, my father and mother were here for my, um, just a visit in the winter, and we decided to go hunting. So I grabbed a gun, shotgun, and so did my brothers, and I put it on my shoulder, and I was going to go to my pickup so we can go hunting. And my father stops me, drags me, says, aren't you scared to take this gun? I says, scared of what? Isn't anyone going to stop you? I said, who? The government. I said, no, Dad, this is a different country. It's a country of freedom. And we had a wonderful time. So even these little things that we do is just an amazing thing to, I mean, I can pick up a gun and go hunting. Back home, if I need to have a gun, I need to talk to the government so that I can have a license to carry it. And you have to know somebody that's really that important to be able to do that. So it's a totally different experience. And I wish people, before they start condemning all the vile of this country or all the worthless, as they call it, right? Or the racist or whatever, have them go and live somewhere else. Just leave this country and live somewhere else. And I want to see how you're going to be treated. This country offers us opportunity like no other country in the whole wide world. I mean, you think of the privileges we have. Well, the, the U.S. was founded, uh, the original settlers largely were, uh, were religious refugees. It had a number of different uh, congregations and sects and beliefs. Uh, when the nation was founded after the revolution and the idea of religious liberty was guaranteed, I I think one of the reasons was that we were so diverse. You know, like Maryland was was Catholic, New England was uh, was largely Congregationalist, uh, Georgia was going to be Baptist, things like that. Pennsylvania, they were Quaker. But the idea was that we had to live together, and to do that, 
was the recognition that we all have our faiths and we must have the right to follow these faiths. I think what one thing people that don't realize about the framers and the founder of, of our nation, they were rooted in the Hebrew scripture. Mm -hmm. In order for them to put the Constitution together, the book of Exodus and the book of Deuteronomy were the two books they went to. And on that basis, they established a country with justice and equity for all. They found in the Hebrew scripture the freedom because God spoke of all people, even though he chose the Israelites to be his light, right? But it was for the purpose of all of humanity and our framers and our founders as they um, drafted the Constitution for the colonies, it was something that was so beautiful because it was drawn right out of Scripture. Yeah. And so the blueprint for life, the excitement in life came through from the Word of God. Just a moment ago, I was in the uh, fellowship hall where all the um, vendors are, and I met a, a young lady, a former Muslim by the name of Sarah, who happened to be from Saudi Arabia. And so I was questioning, how did you become a Christian? She says, well, I knew something was wrong when I was reading the Quran, and then I began to read the uh, Holy Scripture. Dangerous in Saudi Arabia. It is. And she became a follower of Jesus. And she denounced her um, Islamic faith, took the Christian name, as a, her last name, as a Christian, and she escaped. And the Saudis chased her, and then she was able to leave another Arab country to come to the United States. And now she's working among the Pablo people. And so you, you, you just think that would never happen in Saudi Arabia. She would be dead because she said, I'm scared. She probably will never go back to Saudi Arabia. Her family disowned her because she's a uh, Christian. And of course, every Muslim family wants their children to grow up as Muslims. And so the power of the word, the power of the word, it gives you freedom, as Jesus said in John chapter 8, right? If you believe in my word, you will be set free. And that freedom is what allows us to live and move and have our being and to grow and to mature and to live in such a way that we can truly and sincerely honor God with our life. You know, I think of this young lady. Now, I, I grew up as a Catholic. I, I shared that with you before. But the aspect of uh, Catholicism is a ritual, religion, cultic per se. But when I became a Lutheran, it was free. I don't have to do something to earn God's favor. God loves me in spite of me. One of my favorite uh, scriptures that I often quote when I speak in public, Romans 5, 8 that uh, God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners he died for us mm -hmm. it wasn't when I was trying to earn point it wasn't while I was accumulating all of this right. sanctified life it was the freedom the joy the love and the compassion that God would die for me is come 
as David said, who am I but a worm, right? In uh, Psalm 8. So when you think of the blessing God has for me, and when you think of that wonderful text, uh, the gospel in a nutshell, for God so loved the world, it isn't one person, the whole wide world. Muslims, Hindus, Sikh, Jewish people, Catholics, Roman Protestants, whatever it is, Orthodox, all of these people have been touched by the gospel. You know, I've heard this, I've heard this before because, you know, my pastor from my congregation, St. James Lutheran Church, was also raised a Catholic. And he converted for exactly the same reasons that you just pointed out. I often say that Catholics make the best Lutherans, <laughs> which of course that's what happened to, um, what's his name, uh, Martin Luther. Yeah. And, but again, that is drawn from the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful scripture that sets you free. The freedom of knowing the grace of God, the freedom to know that in spite of all of these things, God is at work in my life. And who would have even thought a young boy coming from overseas to here, hears the gospel and he's free. And now you have to give thanks to God because he has a good sense of humor. Here I am a Palestinian working among German and Norwegians. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Well, you know, you fit right into the United States. I mean, we're all from someplace yeah. else. That's true. So my, my family's from Germany and from Scotland and from Denmark. You know, I don't speak any of those languages. Correct. Correct. Yeah. But, but yeah, and, and that's what we are. Uh, one thing, again, that I thought that uh, really s separated the United States from many other countries, uh, as I pointed out earlier, a lot of the uh, original settlers were religious, uh, were religious refugees. But the thing was, is they could read. Because they read the Bible. That's right. And so when our country was founded, we had a much, much larger literate population than you can find in any other country in the world. Yeah. And I think you'll find that very true to be also what the Islamic faith, many of the people who are Muslims don't know how to read. Mm -hmm. So it becomes, you know, passed on without really studying the faith. I actually had another uh, Muslim, um, I believe he's from Iraq. And I got to know him, and he's actually now a missionary, a Christian missionary. And I asked him, how did you become a Christian? He says, I was reading the Quran. And in the Quran, there's in Surah 2, I can't remember the specific verse, but he says in Surah 2, it talks about the Holy Spirit that's bigger than Muhammad. And he said, that kind of put the light on in my mind, thinking, okay, well, Muhammad then is not the greatest. There's somebody greater than Muhammad, and that's the Holy Spirit. And then from that moment on, he started to study the scriptures. And then he became a follower of Jesus, and now he's a missionary at large in the background country. Well, well, living the scripture is truly being a witness, I think, for, for the faith. I was speaking to some missionaries from Indonesia not too long ago. And they were telling me they were there during that the horrible tsunami that occurred a number of years back. And there are a lot of different uh, groups that gone in there for charity, including you know, uh, sure. Indonesia is, is a Muslim country for a whole. And the Christians were helping everybody. And once the situation had died down a little bit, 
some of the Muslim clerics went up to the missionaries and said, why are you helping us, our people? We're not Christians. And the response is, we are. That's, right. That's the key. And if you study the history of countries, hospitals, schools, orphanages, mm -hmm. clinics, who did these things? Right. Was the Christians who came in and said, okay, we will help you build this school. I have a lady from my congregation who goes to Haiti every year, 17 to 18 years, going now, communicating mm -hmm. the gospel of Jesus Christ and building brick by brick a school to make a difference in somebody's life. You know, you're, you're so correct in that because it's, we understand the message is for everyone, for everyone. And it is freely given as Jesus freely gave his life for us. And this, I think, is something that attracts people to our faith, is when they realize that why we are doing this. Because, yeah. you know, we, we do have the, uh, I, I, I was talking to one of the people from Peru, where uh, they have a, a center set up in, in one of the worst slums in uh, Lima for children. And it's, so the children have a nice place to stay, a safe place to stay while their parents are out working. And again, it's not, it's, not restricted just to the Lutheran kids down there. It's open to anyone so that we can share God's grace with them. Uh, you know, I, I think that's uh, to be commended. And of course, the gospel does not have limitation. By that I mean the gospel is for all people. When Jesus, uh, in his great commission, he says, go unto all the world and make disciples. He didn't say, go only to the places where people are going to accept you. Uh -huh. He didn't say, go to the location where you're going to be comforted. He just said, go. Yep. That's the only imperative in that verse. The rest is, do what you've been doing. And, you know, we witness both in word and in deed, how do we live as a Christian? And to do that is the greatest honor. Think of that, Skip that you and I get to represent Christ. Think of that. Luther said, we are to be a little Christ to the world. Another word, when people see me, what do they see? Do they see Nabiyam or do they see Christ in me? And so if you live with that motto, then you are uh, living out of the gospel and the gospel motivates you it's not because of the law. The law only can accuse and condemn, but the gospel gives you wings. Mm -hmm. It gives you lips. It gives you feet. So you and I become the hands of God, the feet of God, the lips of God to the world that is hurting. And just as Jesus demonstrated in word and deed that he was the compassionate one, he touched many people. Why were there so many people following him? Mm -hmm. Any wonder? <laughs> so, Absolutely yeah. true. And it, it, it's a miraculous thing. And I think that you really hit, hit it where I think the, what you're saying is the Holy Spirit. It is Holy Spirit motivated. God, yeah. Speaking through us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't take any credit for anything that I do because I'm only a humble servant in the kingdom of God. But 
I never dreamt I would be doing what I'm doing today. I studied to be a pastor, and here I am serving at the church at large. And I've had opportunities to travel. How often am I uh, been privileged to be a guest on KFU? Uh, proclaim the message, to bring joy, to bring hope. And I hear, even today, uh, while I was coming actually here to talk to you, Someone said to me, I just love your conversation on KFU. I just heard that even as I was coming to talk to you here. So, you know, I don't know what I'm doing that is different, that uh, brings the magnet. The only thing that I can say to you, Kip, is that it is the gospel. The gospel motivate. The gospel has feet. The gospel has lips. The gospel has hands. And with that power, you go into all the world with it. And that changes lives. You know, I was, uh, I was complimenting my pastor uh, a few weeks ago on a particular sermon that he had done. He said, you know, you really got the, you really knew how to deliver that and bring it down to my level. And he said to me, yeah, that was a that was the That's the Holy story. Spirit. <laughs> That's very true. I preached at um, Winkle one time. And a winkle, for those of you who do not know what we are talking about, is a circuit of brother pastors from a neighboring uh, communities. We meet together once a month. And I preached a sermon. An elderly pastor, probably in his 70s, came out to me and says, Now that is a wonderful sermon. But you did not write it. The Holy Spirit did. And which is true. I mean, we don't take credit. We don't take credit for what it is that we do. We are just servant in the Master's hand. That's what it is. It is truly amazing how God works through us. I mean, we can look at our individual lives and how we have moved and changed over the years. I mean, I could never have predicted when I was 20 years old what I'd be doing today or how I wound up doing this. But this Neither would have I. I mean, if you would have told me that then, I would have said, you are a liar. I mean, no. You know, but here we are. God is so good. He does, I often say, He does it in spite of us. In spite of us. So. Well, there's an, an old saying I'm sure you've heard that if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Very, very true. Well, Pastor Noah, we're at the end of the program now. I want to thank you so much for sharing your experience and your thoughts. They're important, they're valuable. And to share this this kind of gospel is a privilege. Thank you very much for the honor once again, and I thank God for my Lord and Savior who died and rose for me to give me life and salvation and to take me to places I never dreamt, even among this mechanism or the medium of the uh, speaker to speak into the ears and hearts of people, and may they truly rejoice in the freedom they have in the gospel. Thank you so very much. God's blessings. God bless. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 p.m. and again at 9.30 a.m. Saturday Central Time on Worldwide KFUO. It may also be heard anytime streaming online at kfuo.org. Join us again next Wednesday for another new edition of World Lutheran News Digest. I'm your host, Kip Allen. World Lutheran News Digest is a broadcast ministry of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. WLN Digest is produced through the facilities of Worldwide KFUO. You can also listen to WLN Digest on demand at kfuo.org. To correspond with World Lutheran News Digest, email news at kfuo.org.